It's a new year. It's a new season. Yep, 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 yep. New money, new shows, but the same damn vibes. Welcome back, BJ Armstrong, Hoop Genius Podcast. We're in the building. Happy New Year to one and all. BJ, how was your holiday season? Merry Christmas to you and the family. How have you been living, my brother? Oh, man. I can't complain, Mo. I'm back. It's 2022. You know the vibes. Always. You know what we doing. Big things in 2022. Always. Let's get it, my friend. Let's get it. Let's jump into it and let's get it started how it's supposed to be started. Because we're yes, giving you a sir. new name this year. Mo Money, Mo Money, Mo Money. <laughs> You're talking my language. You're talking my language. Now, if you saw the announcement across Instagram, Twitter, we're going to be rocking with you Monday to Friday. That's right. An episode every day of the week. Then the weekends cool off. Take some time off. But every day of the week, pass in your routine, whether you're driving to work, driving home from work, hopping on the tube, in the gym, cooking dinner, whatever you want, we're going to be there on the airwaves right for you, talking the realest talk in all of the NBA world. So, BJ, you know, it's, it's been a minute since we've been together. We ain't dropped an episode since December the 21st, I think, so we took some time away to get the rebrand polished. So we've got to catch the people up on the Christmas Day games because there were some interesting, mm. interesting games happening on Christmas Day. So let's start at the Garden. The Knicks, the Hawks, that rivalry from the playoffs. Trey Young wasn't even playing, but the crowd was still trying to F Trey Young, even though he weren't even on the court. But the New York Knicks came to put on a show that Obi Toppin came to put on a show. And boy, that kid can fly with a high mower. I want to see that kid getting more minutes because I love what I'm seeing from Obi Toppin. He plays with energy on both sides of the ball. But did anything stand out to you from that game? Because Atlanta, even since then, haven't been on a great run of form, especially defensively. They've really been struggling. Well, Atlanta has really been a disappointment thus far during the season. And we can contribute that to a lot of different things. But in saying that, all teams are facing the same, right? We have COVID injuries, so forth and so on. But this is a team, Mo, that last year got to the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm -hmm. And suddenly now, they are finding themselves on the outside looking in. Now, at some point, we would hope that they are able to get all their players back on the court, health, and get back to, you know, playing basketball the way we've come to expect now the Atlanta Hawks. Last year, they get to the conference finals. They are the darlings of the, the media, mm -hmm. ice tray. Mm -hmm. All the hype. And now, yeah, all the hype. And now suddenly... They're not even in the playoffs right now. They're currently 16 and 19, Sega 12th in the Eastern Conference. The Knicks as well, who were the fourth seed last year, currently 11, 17 and 20. So both teams under 500 by three games right now. Do you see a trade on the horizon for the Hawks? Because they have got some young guys in Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter. They're not going to be able to pay all of these guys. So they might need to move them whilst they can still get returned. Do you see them shaking things up before the deadline or holding off until the summer? Well, I think it's going to be really tough for them to put together a trade knowing that their team hasn't been healthy, knowing that their team is missing games because of protocol, but everyone can say this. But I think they like their group. Now, I do expect maybe Cam Reddish to get moved. Why? 
because I think he's probably the one young player that's not going to be in the rotation. And I don't see him entering into that rotation in the foreseeable future. But I think he's a good player. And I think at this point, he could get something back, maybe like a future first round pick or a good veteran player to address some other needs that they may need with their team. But I do think this group, I think overall, I think the organization and the management loves this group, this core group. But right now they're not healthy. And, you know, you are who you are. But right now, I still think they believe that they are better than what their record shows at this particular time. Now, I'd look for if there was another contract going to be moved, I'd look for Gallinari's deal to be moved because only five million of that is guaranteed next season. So it's a very team friendly contract. But, you know, speaking of teams who are underperforming and disappointing, I don't even want to talk about my Soaks because Giannis Santos-Tacumpo came out on Christmas Day. Soaks were up, what, 13 points with five minutes left? Mm. Giannis mm. came back talk on the court. It. Talk on everyone it, everyone who's the best player in the world right now. Mm, talk on it, Mo. Dominant force. And we've seen Giannis in the last few games looking unstoppable. He's climbed to the top of everyone's MVP ladder. We'll talk MVP in a minute. But listen, the Bucks, even though they lost PJ Tucker, they can still hang with anyone in the NBA. But we're not going to talk about the Celtics pain, even though shout out to Jalen Brown last night dropping a 50-piece and, you know, the seventh player in Celtics franchise history to drop a 50-piece in a comeback win against the mighty Orlando Magic. I don't think you need to be making comebacks against the Orlando Magic, but the Soaks got it done last night. But let's talk about the Christmas Day game that everyone wanted to see. The Golden State Warriors and the Phoenix Suns, the two best teams in basketball. They split the season series so far up to Christmas Day, one game apiece. And then on Christmas Day, the Warriors came out and they got it done. Shout out to Oral Porter Jr., 19 big points. I was going to say 19 big buckets, but it wasn't 19 buckets. It was only 13 buckets. 19 points for Otto Porter Jr. And the Golden State Warriors against Phoenix Suns. Potential preview of the Western Conference Finals. What are you thinking about that one? Without question, I thought thus far, you know, during the the regular season, that was the best game of the season. Mm -hmm. I thought there was a lot of coaching going on. I thought there was a lot of you know, guys jockeying for a position. And more importantly, I thought both teams put a lot of emphasis on this game. Coming in, those were without question the two best teams, not only in the Western Conference, but it, but in the entire NBA. And the Golden State Warriors really put a lot of emphasis on this game. They came out right out of the gate and made a really a drastic move by putting Draymond Green on Chris Paul, picking him up full court. That was a big time move. That's a move you normally wait and hold off. Most coaches would wait to the and, postseason to do that. And but they did it in the regular season and, and, and it paid off dividends for them. No Iguodala, no Andrew Wiggins. What I love was guys like Gary Payton second stepping up, spoke about Otto Porter Jr. And I think the adjustments that Steve Kerr made in terms of using Steph Curry, because he's getting so much attention when he's being screened off the ball to slip those screens and just cut back door sometimes, opening up the floor for his teammates. It was a fantastic adjustment, but the Nets and the Lakers was probably when the schedule came out in the summer, that was the most anticipated game. Obviously, right. we're talking about Warriors and Suns, but before the season started, we were all thinking it'd be the Nets and Warriors. KD, Whoa. LeBron, KD was in pro calls, so he didn't even play in this game. James Harden, for everyone saying he's washed back to form, he had a triple double, and the Nets secured the win. The late now, we could speak for hours about the Lakers. But my one question to you, BJ, is 
Because a lot of people thought that this Christmas Day game could be a turning point in their season. If they got a good win, national TV, get the fans behind them again. But unfortunately, it didn't work out. Do you see this group of Laker players turning it around in time for the playoffs? I, I do not. I do not because this is Lakerland and the Lakers are just into putting banners up in the rafters. And I don't see this group as this team is currently constructed achieving that goal. Now, on paper, they have, they have a big three. They have LeBron James, as you mentioned, Anthony Davis, who's currently hurt, and they have Russell Westbrook. They have Carmelo Anthony. You know, they have Dwight Howard. They have some big names, a lot of star power. But for whatever reason, Mo, it hasn't happened for them. Now, why it hasn't happened? Chemistry, I think age. I just think this group doesn't fit basketball-wise. I think they have some good players. But for whatever the reason, whether it's protocol, whether it's injuries, age, spacing, you know, we can point out a lot of things. Sometimes, Mo, it just doesn't work. Sometimes it does work. And I think for this group right now, with this, when they put together this roster, they had championship aspirations. Does, and does Mo, it, I don't think this is a team that's going to that's going to pull this one off, especially does, this year. Does it remind you of when the Lakers went and got Steve Nash and Dwight Howard back in the early 2010s and thought they were putting together a contender and it just didn't work out then either? Well, you know, the one thing, Mo, I, I do... I do love is when people, especially organizations, when they push their chips to the middle of the table. I love it. I'm here for it. I, I'm, I'm here for that. So make no, make no doubt about it. They put this team together thinking they were competing for a championship. And on paper, Mo, they piqued my interest. Mm -hmm. Same. I picked them to come out of the West. I'm not even going to lie about it. Okay. But as you can see, Mo, it's not working. It's not working for them. It's not working. So, you know, I think they are continuing to try. I think they, they're playing, you know, they're winning a game here or there, but they're not the dominant team that we all expected, especially, you know, the experts. Laker Nation is, you know, Laker Nation is, they've already won the championship in the summer when they put this group <laughs> together. Man, when I but, see the, the Talon Horn Tucker putting up to Summer League like he was a vet, even though he should yeah. really have been playing the games. Like, let's speak yeah, on it. It's, but, but, you know, yeah, have you said that the one caveat of saying that they went all in is they should have paid Caruso. They just want to avoid the luxury tax. I get it. It's a lot of money. But if you're going all money in, word to the great Nipsey Hustle, you got to go all money in. But the final game on a Christmas Day slate was the Dallas Mavericks and the Utah Jazz. No Luka Doncic for Dallas. They still hung around, only lost by four points. Paul Zingis, looking back like the Paul Zingis we had come to expect before all the injuries. Jalen Brunson has been a star for this Mavericks team, really playing that role of the primary ball handler now, especially with Luka Doncic out. But the Utah Jazz did what the Utah Jazz do in a regular season. They came away with a W. Do you think this is the year the Utah Jazz finally get over the hump? Mo, I feel like a broken record. I say this every single yeah, year. Yeah, but we used to say about Milwaukee, and they got over the hump. Albeit they don't have a Giannis-type player on the Utah Jazz. Thank you, Mo. But, thank you. Thank you. But, thank but, you. But all I'm saying is, and you know me, I'm as skeptical on the Utah Jazz as anyone. A few injuries, not that you can rely on injuries, but look at the Phoenix Suns last year. The chips just fell in their favor. 
LeBron and AD were injured and, you know, Kawhi was injured and Jamal Murray was in. They walked through straight to the final. So that's all I'm saying is. I'm going to wait and see. I have to respect when you win in the NBA, regular season, postseason, what have you. You have to respect the Utah Jazz. They play a good brand of regular season basketball. However, Mo, <laughs> you and I know the postseason is different a different animal. brand of basketball. Different animal. And so far, this group hasn't come up with the right formula to advance deep in the playoffs. They were the number one seed last year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they lose to a team minus Kawhi Leonard. Speak on it. But enough said. Enough said. Yeah. We'll, we'll keep it moving. Listen, I want to circle back to the Lakers. Yes. As you know, we're talking about them going all in and putting their chips in the middle of the table. They went and traded for Russell Westbrook, which was surprising because they were moments away from doing a deal for Buddy Heald from the Sacramento Kings to give that roster some shooting, which looking back on it retrospectively might have helped them a little bit more. And Alex Caruso, who they should have re-signed, but they didn't want to pay the luxury tax for, went over and took his talents to the Windy City in Chicago, a place that you know all too well. But let's talk about an L.A. native that's not Russell Westbrook. Let's talk about Compton's mm. finest, Mr. DeMar DeRozan, because that boy has been on a tear. The first player with back-to-back game winners in back-to-back days ever. Close 2020, 2021 with a buzzer being game winner. Starts 2022 with a buzzer being game winner. He's not the first player to do it in back-to-back games because the great Larry Bird did it on the 27th and 29th of January, 1985. But on back-to-back days, that's something special. So, you know, I think it's clear. We're going to talk about all-star players later this week. It's clear that DeMar DeRozan is an all-star. But you texted me the other night and you said, put that man in the MVP conversation. The Chicago Bulls at the top of the Eastern Conference, 24 and 10, have surpassed everybody's expectation. Shout out to the coaching staff in the front office in Chicago, but more importantly, shout out to the players. Not just Tamar DeRozan, Zach Levine has been playing amazing basketball. Nikola Vucevic got off to a little bit of a struggle at the start, but he's fitting right in. You know, Alex Caruso, he's not just a cult hero now because he's the bold White guy that's just there doing things. He's playing excellent defense. He's getting out of transition. Lonzo Ball living up to almost everything that his dad promised. Listen, I'm loving the Chicago Bulls. Even Kobe White. If you look at Kobe White over like the last six games, he's averaging 20 points. So they mm-hmm. still got to get Pat Williams back healthy. But talk to me about the Chicago Bulls and in particular, that man who, BJ, I've got to do this right here. We've got to lay to rest one of my favorite nicknames in the NBA. Who's that? R.I.P. This nickname no longer exists. It was buried four, de- four, four days ago. I laid this nickname to rest. R.I.P. to DeMar DeFrozen. He will now fully be known as DeMar DeRozan from here on out because those demons of the fourth quarter and potentially those demons of the second round of the playoffs, they seem to be long gone. But talk to me about DeMar DeRozan and the Chicago Bulls, your former franchise. Well, you know, I'm really happy for the Bulls because the Bulls put a lot of emphasis this year into free agency. And they signed, of course, Lonzo Ball. 
which was a big pickup for them. They get DeMar DeRozan. I think it was kind of unexpected. He became available. Yeah. To everyone's surprise. He, even to his surprise, he thought he was going to the Lakers. Yeah, I think he was surprised. And there was a lot of skepticism when he signed with the Bulls because the big question was, how will Zach Levine and DeMar, a.k.a. DeMarvelous. Hey, that's a better nickname. The marvelous. That's what they're calling them now in Chicago. All my people up there. Mm -hmm. How was that going to fit? And in this new three point shooting era, there were a lot of teams now who we don't want to call anybody out. That passed on him because they said he couldn't shoot the three ball. Okay. (laughs) There were a lot of teams. Okay. There were a lot of teams, good teams. Well, worth knowing here though. That he is willing to shoot the three ball if you leave him open. That's just not his primary offense. Because there's a difference between that and some players who won't shoot the three ball. Let's just say that. But let's keep it moving. But, you know, they they trade for uh, Vujicic, you know. Yep. Vucevic last year. They, you know, get DeMar DeRozan. They get Lonzo Ball. They sign your guy, Alex Caruso. You know, AC, they say he's cold. They say he's cold up there in Mm -hmm, Chicago. mm -hmm. And suddenly now, for whatever the reason may be, Mo, as we just talked about, it's not working for the Lakers. Well, it's the exact opposite for the Bulls. It's working for the Bulls. And they went all money in. And DeMar DeRozan is going above and beyond what we expected. I mean, DeMar DeRozan, when you say turn back the hands of time, this is the young DeMar DeRozan. This that is, we saw up in Toronto. Is, I mean, this he's the playing best season? Arguably, is this the best season of his career? Arguably, that's what I was going to say, Mo. Arguably, this is the best stretch of basketball I've seen him play ever. Yep. yep. And he's been an all-star. He's been, you know, one of the best of the best at his position for years to come. For years, I mean, in the past. And suddenly now, I'm putting him in the MVP conversation. He's playing terrific basketball. They have the best record. Okay. Wait, wait, how far are you putting him in that MVP conversation, though? Because well, he's, right a, he's now, in the top five without question. Because right the now, five. there's so many guys, though. There's Giannis, Steph, Katie, Jokic, DeRozan. LeBron deserves MVP shouts because he's. Oh, no, you can't say LeBron. He, he's LeBron in the conversation. Oh, I'm not saying he deserves it, to win stop it. it. He's in the Mo, conversation. Stop it. He's not in he's the conversation. He's in the conversation. Stop if it. If Jokic Mo. is in the conversation, why is LeBron not in it? Mo, they, Mo, they're, stop both on, it. they're both on 500 Mo, teams. Mo. They're both on 500 stop teams. Stop it, Mo. I'm not saying he's going to win it, but we've got to give that man some respect. He's putting up damn near 30 a night, almost a triple double every night. It's not Mo, his fault. Mo. His team is. I watch Laker games. I watch. His teammates break shots after shots after shots. Let's respect that man. Let's respect. Because if we're going to put Jokic in it, why, why are we putting LeBron in it? Mo, stop it. Look, hey. at, look, at, look, at, look at Jokic. Look at his numbers. Look at the consistencies which he's had from last year to this year. LeBron's had a good, he's got a good stretch. His last five or six games, I give it to him. Terrific. He put up some, he's put up MVP caliber numbers. Over the last five or six games. I'll give him that. But we're talking about MVP this season. Steph Curry. Okay, okay. Season ends right now. Who's your top three in order? Season ends this second. Steph. At number one or number three? 
At number one. At number one. Okay. Steph, Steph. KD. Yeah. Number two right now. Yeah. And Giannis. Yeah. I agree with that. Those are my three. And they could change. Because Giannis is coming. Yeah. Giannis, Giannis is-, is walking everybody. Giannis is walking everybody down. He's- I'm going to leave Giannis alone because Giannis, <laughs> I watched a guy get a triple double and I just, I don't even, I don't even bat an eye now. No, it's he just, I just expect him. To, yeah. And it, and it's, and it's like, I've just come to, I mean, he just plays, he just gives it to you. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, KD has been playing excellent basketball. They've taken a little dip here the last couple games, right? They had a, you know, it was a bad loss to the Clippers the other day. Yeah, Katie and Harden was a bad free throw down yeah. the stretch. Yeah, it was just a bad loss. Me thrown away. But, but right now, Steph, give Steph credit. I mean, right. give him credit. Give him credit for playing the way he's playing. Give him credit for, I mean, he's. I want to give that front office credit for finding all of these guys. Yeah, I mean these Jordan Pools and Gary Paytons and and, and it speaks Otto to their Porter player and, development as well. It speaks to their player yeah, development. Yeah, but, yeah, you know, but having said that, credit. But having said that, we got to talk about the opposite end of the scale. We got to talk about a team that should be worried about player development, but instead, chaos is wreaking havoc in the locker room, on the court. We got to speak about the Houston Rockets. Oh, because there was a situation the other day where a massive bust-up, apparently, in the Houston Rockets locker room at halftime had Chris Wood refusing to check back into the game, had Kevin Porter Jr. driving home from the arena at halftime, throwing objects in the locker room. Now, from my perspective, the Rockets are in a tough spot because that organization is built to tank right now, right? Everyone knows it. They're trying to tank. They're trying to get that high draft pick. They're not trying to win a lot of games. But the coaches and the players are still being expected to come out to compete and win games. They've been put in an almost impossible position where the coach is essentially coaching for his job because he needs to win games to put on good performances. But at the same time, they're not supposed to be winning games. And they're playing like, I'm looking at all of this happening and there's not a veteran presence in the locker room that could be there in John Wall because he's at home and they've decided not to have him with the team and not play him any minutes. So the whole situation over there in Houston is a little confusing. What are your thoughts on it, though? That's tough. You know, it's tough. Losing, there's no play, There's no way to put it. It stinks. Mm-hmm. It stinks, Mo. It stinks. Winning is winning is the 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 optimum goal. But losing is tough. And when you start saying tanking, Mo, it, it really, it always bothers me is because I can accept losing as long as I give myself and the team gives ourselves a chance to win. You know, I can accept that. I can accept we gave our best effort and that team was just better or they played better than us. But what I can't accept, Mo, is not having a chance to win. And tanking. And that's what has always bothered me about tanking. Mm-hmm. Like, I expect you to lose because that's going to help me secure a lottery pick. Mm-hmm. That's all that that has always bothered me. Now, you know, Mo, we say the following, and we just kind of say it casually now, like, 
we all know that they're expecting to lose. Well, those players that are playing out there, they have pride. Yeah. Those players are good. That's those players are spot. playing for they're, they're they're playing for contracts, they're playing for whatever whatever their motivation to be playing. But more importantly, every player that steps on the floor, they have an opportunity and they have a responsibility to come out and give you the effort and energy necessary and give you their very best effort. Some nights are better than others, but at least give me the effort and energy. And when we talk about what happened there in Houston the other day, you know, Mo, when you have a young team, there's a word that I tried to learn. I didn't learn it my first day on the job. I didn't learn it my second day on the job. But by my third or fourth day, Mo, I, I pretty much knew that I wasn't playing the game because I liked the game. I wasn't playing the game just because it was fun. I was playing the game, Mo, because I was a professional. Mm-hmm. And I had to become a professional. And when I say that word professional, there's a professionalism that comes with playing professional basketball. Whether you agree with the coach or disagree with the coach, get along with teammates, you don't get along with teammates, you feel like playing, you don't feel like playing. Mo, I felt as a professional, I had a job to do and I had a responsibility to come out and do it to the best of my ability. And things happen, Mo. You put a group of people together. I don't care who you are, family, teammates, a group, a classroom, co-workers, there are going to be disagreements. There are going to be some, you know, some mixed emotions. There's going yeah. to be different feelings. Natural. I mean, that's part of it. That's mm. just a natural occurrence. But what's unacceptable, Mo, is the level of professionalism in which it was handled. Like, Mo, that's natural. It's only a natural occurrence that you and I can't agree on everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Especially when it comes about to the Celtics. <laughs> hey, hey, we're not but, talking yeah, about this. Yeah. We're starting but, to see with positive energy. We, we ain't talking about Yes, that. yes. <laughs> but I was just really, I get really, as a former player, I just really get upset because there's so many players who worked so hard and put their life and all of their energy to make sure that this is better for the next generation. And, you know, when I started thinking about all of the players before me in the sixties, what they had to go through, like Bill Russell, we talk about his championships, but Mo, all of the things that he and all the other players of color had to go through Mm -hmm. to get to this point. Mm -hmm. And then, Mo, those guys, many of those guys had second jobs and third jobs because the league wasn't as lucrative as it is today. And, Mo, to get the game now where it's on television and now we're watching it, we're streaming the games and you and I are doing a podcast. I never dreamed of doing a podcast when I played. Mm. And to see how this game is progressing, not only business-wise, but the popularity of the game. I mean, we're, we're, it's a global game. And to see something like this happen, you know, Mo, I just, I just want to like say, hey, we all have a responsibility. We all have to take stewardship of this game, right? We talk about it. It's fun. You know, we make jokes. We do our thing. But there's a love and respect, Mo, that 
that I know you and me and so many other people are listeners we have for the game. Mm -hmm. And that's why we love it. And I just hope that those young men, those young men could find in their heart to say, you know what? It was a, it was a young mistake. And that they can, and I'm not saying they were right in their decision. I'm not saying they were wrong. I'm not here to judge, but I'm just saying we all have a responsibility to show up as professionals and do our job and then work on whatever the problem may have been. Yeah. Because clearly there was something that happened, right? We don't know what really happened, but mm -hmm. whatever happened that we hope that coach Silas, coach Lucas, yep. who is, these are great friends of mine that they will find it out. And I know, I know coach Lucas, he loves the game. Nothing means more to him than the game. I I've known coach Silas since, you know, I played for his dad. So, you know, these are people, these are people that had, they feel a responsibility to the game, let alone just that one incident to the game. So hopefully they can work it out because th those are good players. Those are, those are good kids, but yeah. I know losing stinks is tough, but hopefully they can find the energy that that's needed. Like you said, you know, the positive energy that's needed to come out there and figure out how to play and, and do the best you can under those difficult circumstances. Then tough spot. Shout out to Jalen Green, though. He's been playing excellent basketball since coming back from injury. Even in that right. game day, he dropped 29. But um, just, just want to circle back real quick to when you're talking about Bill Russell and other, you know, great athletes that came before uh, and the battles on the court and off the court. Just want to say real quick, a rest in peace to Mr. Sam Jones. Yes. Boston legend. Yes. You know, yes. 10 NBA titles. Yes. Clutch time scorer big time player unfortunately passed yes. away earlier this week just want to send yes. our best to his family and his love ones to him and his family and his friends and love that's right and, and and to the basketball community because he he's basketball royalty mm -hmm. and i remember the first time seeing him and it was like the presence of you know that's that's mr greatness. jones greatness greatness walking in the room so you know our hearts, our our condolences to his family, to the friends, to the Celtic franchise, and to the bas to the NBA basketball community. He's uh, we lost a legend. Yes, sir. Life is short. Make sure you start this year off on the right note. Tell your people you love them while they're still around. But that's been us. Episode one of the new season, twenty twenty two, is off to a great start. BJ, thank you for rocking with us. We'll be back again tomorrow live and direct on your airways make sure you stay with us subscribe follow leave a review on a podcast store if you want to show some real love but until next time what season is it bj tell them what season is what time is it it's game time mo it's game time let's get it 2022 underway make sure you get buckets we'll see you guys tomorrow <laughs>